Welcome in. This is episode number 29. Whoa. 29. Can't believe we're here already. I'm Chad Noonan. This is the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm a little under the weather. Uh, my sultry tones, my sexy voice right now. Uh, but that's okay. I was in New York City. I was watching amazing comedy. Got a little sick there. It was all worth it. Saw the great Dave Attell at the Comedy Cellar. Tons of fun in New York. Uh, and tons of fun on this episode. Before I get to the episode, I want to let you know to keep watching the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, because we're going to have some great promos coming up for members at places like Second City and Yuck Yucks. When you buy tickets, you're going to get a discount. You're going to get an offer just for being a member of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. And it's not for just existing members. It's for new members as well. So join us at CanadianComedyHall.com. Also, that's your chance to vote for all the great nominees that have already been announced. If you don't know the nominees, you can easily find them on our website or social media. Okay, let's get to today's episode. It's a big one. It's just for laughs next week. I'm actually like happy I'm sick right now because then I won't be sick next week when I'm at Just for Laughs. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so exciting. I have two huge interviews. Stay tuned. The second interview is the president, the founder of Just for Last, Bruce Hills, is on the show. But first, I have Curtis Connor. Curtis is a headlining comedian, podcaster, global YouTube sensation. He sold out shows across North America and the world. He did comedy and writing at the great Humber College Comedy School. And then he quickly found an audience on Vine. Remember Vine? Later took that to YouTube, growing that audience to over 4.2 million subscribers worldwide. In 2016, stand-up record Cupula Jokes reached number six. His stand-up record reached number six on the Billboard Comedy Charts and number one on iTunes, while his videos regularly hit the top 10 trending page on YouTube. Connor has previously appeared on stage alongside Danny Gonzalez and Drew Gooden, uh, who are currently regular guests on Connor's very, really good podcast with over five million downloads and over 96,000 ratings on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, just like this podcast, pretty much the same, pretty much right on par with this one. Uh, recently, Connor was named one of Variety's top 10 comics to watch, which he'll be uh, promoting at this year's JFL Montreal Comedy Pro Series. That is a huge honor. We had Zara on last week. He also has his own shows. He's doing two shows at JFL, JFL at the Olympia Theater in Montreal, uh, July 26th, 7 p.m. show, 9.30 p.m. show. If you're in Montreal, get to those shows. Had a great time talking with Curtis. Please enjoy this interview with my new friend, the amazingly talented Canadian Curtis Connor. I think it was, I think the first like stand-up like special I saw was, uh, I think Eddie Murphy is like raw special i think yeah that was the first one suit yeah yeah that was that was really i remember watching that as i probably watched it a little too young i didn't probably understand most of the jokes in it but i just like knew it was funny (laughs) i think that's what i knew like not not i didn't understand the jokes i was like i could tell that it was funny um so i think yeah i and i always enjoyed stand-up like i loved watching uh like mitch hedberg and stephen wright like those were like huge inspirations for me as well and then just as, as i got older it, it sort of turned into a you know a, a thing where i was like oh i can actually just do this like it, it always seems so daunting to me but and then i just started and then i haven't stopped 
Was so, it the Humber? Like, I know you took the Humber comedy program. I've had so many people on the show from that program. Brandon Ash, Mohammed, yeah, Deborah D. Giovanni. Oh yeah. Was it the program that like um, really gave you the tools to move out? Or were you call- already kind of on that path before college? I mean, yeah, I was actually going to Guelph. I got accepted to Guelph University for like an English degree. And that's what I was going to do for the next four years. But from the time of getting accepted and then going, I started doing stand-up like in between then, like that summer. And then I just fell in love with it. So I went to Guelph for like two days and then had like a panic attack and, and, and dropped out and like begged Humber to let me in. And, uh, and they did. And so I was already like in love with standup, but I, I feel like my mind was pretty much, uh, set on it. I was thinking about it all the time. I was, became obsessed with it. And then, but Humber was really great for, uh, just like getting, just like kind of forcing you in a way to just get out there and just like, you know, in Toronto and like, just like get up and like, and you're with people who are like the same, mostly the same age as you. And like, they feel the same and like, they're just also eager to get out. So and I like, I made like, you know, lifelong friends from that program as well, who are, you know, that I still work with, um, and do shows with today. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, definitely beneficial for sure. Something to be said about like, cause I know they run that Tuesday show early at Yuck Yucks, um, yeah. which is like their, you know, right before the, the regular, like amateur open mic, there's something to be said of like going to the comedy club with your like cohorts and friends yeah on a show i mean so many like somebody like me i mean i'm a little older than you um and like for me going to my first set or like my first few sets was all like solo trying to meet people there so that's got to be like right yeah pretty cool like i feel like that's like a really cool vibe just to like show up you know with your college buddies and and put on a show oh yeah definitely it was definitely a lot less pressure too because and even like more so just outside of yuck yucks as well the like open mics can be terrible just the worst things ever so if like if you're there with like a few of your buddies like if shit's not going well you can like just at least look at them and see like a familiar face and be like well at least you know at least after this we're gonna go like you know get burgers or something you know like at least it's like nice it's like at the back of your head it's like things are definitely a little easier when you have like friends with you instead of trying to uh you know run it solo for sure really bad open mic story like a like one that you're like oh when i think of bad open mics i think of Mm -hmm. this bar at this time yeah there was one uh i forget the name of the bar but it was like spadina and like college area they had this like room and it was like a i totally forget the name i don't even know if it's still there but i had my name on the list i signed up and i got a spot and I was like super excited. And I remember like, it's like the first year doing stand up. And I think uh, Todd Glass was there. So I was like, oh shit. I was like, cause this was, I think this was during like JFL or something like that, where I was like super like nervous. Cause it's like, oh, there's like a real stand up comedian here and he's going to watch my set. And I was like so nervous. And then I get up on stage and this dude from outside walks in clearly like just gone like just on like some sort of drugs and and alcohol and he just started like yelling at me saying how he like he's like can i curse on here is that is that yeah okay okay he said okay he 
he walked in he was like fuck you fuck your mom fuck your mom he kept saying like things about my mom and stuff and he was like i just didn't know i didn't know how to like handle it so i remember i think i just started singing the like the i don't even know i think i just started singing the fresh prince theme song because I, I literally i didn't know what else to do i just wanted to get everybody on my side so we all started singing that song um and then we I, I, like security had to like not even security i think the bartender just like pushed him out of the bar yeah. yeah um and then yeah i was like i didn't have time to like do my actual set so i was like okay i guess I also didn't want to either. <laughs> like I was so fucking turned off. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm done. And then I, uh, you could feel like defeated after something like that. Right. Like that's yeah. one of those ones where you're like, what am I doing? With I, yeah. Have to deal with that in their normal day to day. And you're like, literally I myself in that situation. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was like, a yeah, it was, I always think back to that one. That was, that was rough, but you know, you you have a big JFL coming up. You got your own show, July twenty six. Two two shows actually, seven and nine thirty at Olympia. 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 Um, we got it. We got it. <laughs> Plus variety, uh, top yeah comics to watch. This is your first JFL. Very first one. Yeah, it's um, crazy. It's, yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have the best time. Uh, it's got that's like huge for you, Canadian kid. That's got to be like just mind blowing that you're at this moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's still pretty surreal. Uh, Cause obviously I grew up watching, you know, just for laughs, just for laughs gags and everything. Like I was, yeah. I watched it all the time when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, it's still, it feels pretty surreal. Like I, like I've been to, I haven't been to the actual JFL in Montreal. I went to JFL 42 in Toronto in like 2013. Um, like when I first started doing stand up, and uh, yeah, to like actually go and be a a performer at the the JFL like ten years later after going to the the one is like yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It still doesn't even like feel real because it's like I keep hearing it. You know, I know it's like on my calendar and stuff, but it's like it won't really feel real until I'm like actually there. I think, but yeah, I'm very very excited and nervous, but. Mostly, mostly excitement. It's it's gonna be really cool. Where you started to JFL, obviously the Humber College thing and Vine, mm -hmm. like what you right. did on 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 that platform. What made like Vine so great? I think it was like this cultural thing that people are like. Obviously, it created so many you know um, entertainers and and people like yourself. But it's this cultural thing that people are forgetting about that it yeah existed. Um, but what made Vine so great? Like what was the you know that moment right time. i think yeah i always look back on like it was such like a fond like nice time on the internet i feel like there was like zero like hostility there obviously there was hostility they're always on the internet but like now it's so scary <laughs> all the time on the internet um and i think just the platform in itself it like it sort of just lended itself to creativity and um because you had this time limit where if you had an idea, you had to figure out how to make it work in like six seconds, which was, which was great. Cause then you could just like, it's impressive that when you see one that is done really well. And uh, it also just helps in a joke writing like aspect as well. It forces you to just like cut the fat of stuff and just like get down to like what's funny. Um, so yeah, all the, a lot of my friends who went on to become like, you know, like YouTubers and, stuff as well with me are who were viners like it's the same it's, it's 
the same thing that like they also they were just good joke writers and it's just like um yeah i think that was prevalent with uh with vine especially it was just people trying their best to like make a joke work in, in like six seconds but um but yeah it's always fun to rewatch some like you know vine compilations and stuff and you know it was it was the golden age of, of short form content i think i don't know even now would you like throw out i don't know like a tweet or an instagram story or something of like a, a thought or a joke that you're thinking about just to see the reaction before you make it into a stand-up bit um i try not to do that too much um because i've had that happen where i like loosely told a story on my podcast and then turned it into a bit um and then was performing said bit and then someone like called out the fucking like ending to the story like the punchline pretty much and that was probably the most annoying thing that's that's ever happened so i try not to like uh do stuff i try to keep my stand-up material pretty separate from like whatever content i do on the internet but it obviously in terms of like small jokes or like one-liners or maybe ideas will maybe find their way into a bit in some some way but yeah ever since then i've been trying to like keep a a a tight heavy lid on (laughs) any stand-up material before it gets out because i don't want to like to ruin people for when if they've heard it before and stuff but yeah if you can't tell by my line of questioning i'm just like a huge comedy and stand-up nerd and and writing process and everything Mm -hmm. i have this one question i like to ask people and it's really just for me it has nothing to do with anything else but nobody (laughs) has ever gotten it right uh okay so i'm hoping maybe you can and that is um, on your IMDb, do you know the first credit? First, we'll say acting credit on your IMDb page. The first one? The very first, your first entry on IMDb. Uh, shit. I literally just found out I had an IMDb like six months ago. I didn't even know I had one. So... I trying to think it'd be something. Is it like a music video or a I don't 17 think it's a music video? Is it with no. 17 magazine? No. Fuck. Okay. What is it? I have no, it's I have no 2008, idea. 2008. First of all, what? Uh, so he, it's, it's called cozy. It's called goat story. Okay. That's, that's false. Is this a fi- that is that's not well it is a real thing goat story is a a movie made in 2013 okay that i made a video about in 2020 and it's a movie it's an animated movie from the czech republic and i made a video about that movie but i was not i was not in it you were in the movie you were credited as being in the movie isn't that wild? So I again i ask this question all the people all these people all the time uh you know i've had I've talked to Lauren Michaels on this show and I had Steph Tolov on last week and everybody's IMDb first credit is always just like something insane that is mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you'd assume it would be something that I was actually in though. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's insane. Kind of the norm. Anyways, I, I always have fun with that. Um, <laughs> um, I, I have one more for you before I let you go, Curtis. Cool. Uh, again, July 26th, 7 PM and nine 30 at look, 
La Olympia. I'm going to get that right. Eventually. La Olympia. Uh, La Olympia. Um, in at Just for Laughs, it, it's it's a big year for you, and you're part of the variety top ten comics to watch. Yeah. Um, honor. So there's events in, around that as well. Um, at JFL. Um, you're a Canadian guy, so I like to ask this. Um, I know you don't know who's in and who's out of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame, um, but who would you say as like a Canadian comedy influence that you would say that person is a Hall of Famer? Ooh. In terms of Canadian, I like all time. All time. Damn. I will go what? Well, I'm just gonna okay. I'll do Jim Carrey for sure. Okay, yeah. yeah. Jim Carrey's actually nominated this year. Um, okay, and a great pick, an absolute, an absolute legend. Uh, yeah, it's. I was. So. That's where my brain went first, and I, yeah, Jim Carrey. The mask is, and Li- the mask and liar liar probably two of the funniest movies of all time. They're very. Yeah, I like he's he's amazing. Show is my favorite for some reason. I don't know why. I just. I yeah, take towards Truman Show. It's- Another slept on Jim Carrey film is the number twenty three. Did you see that one? Yes, yes, that is very I, slept on and very good. I used to 100%. love that. Not a lot of people know that movie, but it's a yeah, it's a good one. It's it's a nice. It is. It's a weird thriller, but it's good. Uh, thanks so much, Curtis. Uh, have the best time at JFL. I'm hoping to see you there. I'll be there as well. Uh, awesome. Yeah, I'll see you there. Time. And and congrats again on all your success and your and your first JFL Montreal. Thank you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. I'm excited. The IMDB quiz is quickly failing everyone. Um, it's absolutely wild that nobody's first credit on IMDB is correct. I'm going to continue this me- mission uh, to see if we can get it. If anybody from IMDB listens... Can you like give me the heads up of what's what's up with this? I feel like this could be a whole new podcast. A whole podcast on its own is just looking at people's first credits on IMDb and the conspiracy on how they are wrong. Big thanks to Curtis for coming on the show. Uh, JFL is his shows are just one week away from the release of this podcast, and uh, they're going to be amazing. July twenty six uh, at Olympia in montreal two shows seven and nine thirty and of course he is a variety top 10 comics to watch they have a show um also in montreal a showcase that is uh july 29th at 9 30 so look out for that one okay my next guest i've been trying to get this guy on for a while he is the president of just for laughs he is bruce hills the driving force behind the world's largest comedy festival and the most prestigious comedy brand for the last 30 years along with his duties with just for laughs bruce is also a producer who's produced some amazing comedy specials uh, of course all the just for laughs stuff that you've seen growing up as a kid on on tv here in canada he also produces stuff like uh, roast battle canada uh he produced specials for anthony anderson uh haseen minaj graham k michael che anthony jesselnick uh, Howie Mandel, Will Forte, the list goes on and on. Jeff Dunham, Ken Jong, you name it. Bruce Hills has produced it. Mark Forward, Robbie Hoffman. I mean, I can just keep going and going and going. Trevor Noah, the list never ends. Uh, it's amazing what this man has done for comedy. I had an absolute honor and pleasure of talking to him. Uh, his wealth of knowledge is unbelievable. And uh, I think his passion really shines through in this interview. So I hope you enjoy it. My chat with the great Bruce Hills on the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. 
What does that kind of mean in your career to, to be put in with that, like that class of peers? Well, that class of peers is pretty spectacular. Um, you know, uh, if I remember correctly, Lauren Michaels, Jason, not Jason Reitman. I know he will be inducted at some point, but his dad, yeah. Ivan Reitman. And you know, if I remember correctly, Catherine O'Hara. So it was pretty cool. I mean, you know, all the way to my friends uh, at Yuck Yucks and Second City, Andrew Alexander, of course, Mark Breslin old, old friends of mine. And uh, it was, uh, and of course, Andy Nolman, the guy that gave me my break. Uh, he wasn't there that night, but uh, he was very deserving as well. Um, the the whole theme of this episode we're doing with JFL is kind of like uh, the past people are taking to to just for laughs, a little mm -hmm. more untraditional past than what you've, you've seen in the, the, I'm sure before it was, person starts um, stand up at a club, club you know is promoting that person and they go to just i think a norm mcdonald's story but now we see so many of these different traditional methods people creating their own past can you just talk about the different ways people kind of get to jfl now compared to how it was years previously sure but you know maybe i even start with a broader contact you know when i first started there was probably five people that could impact your career you know two late night talk show bookers, The Tonight Show and Letterman, you know, the person running Showtime, um, HBO, and maybe something I'm forgetting, or, you know, someone running the improv chain, or, or at least the, the club on Mel Melrose, uh, obviously Mark Breslin and uh, in Canada, um, and of course TV networks here. But um, that was it. You had to go through those gatekeepers. And if you didn't, uh, you struggled. Now that you could find an audience, but it, it was, you know, it was hard. It was a lot of work. I mean, now if you can figure out a way to get an audience online, you know, you really don't have to include many other people in the process other than figuring out where you want to monetize your content. If it's uh, TikTok or if it's YouTube, it's both. Uh, and then based on that, if you build an audience that wants to see you live, uh, you can go out on the road. Uh, you know, and you can make a very nice living and, and never really have to conform to any other thing unless you have bigger ambitions, you know, and, you know, and that's why I think you see a lot of um, huge online stars, YouTube stars in our lineup this year and, and, you know, more than ever before, because, you know, clearly we respect what they've done, but I think they have a chance to do more, you know, if they get in front of the right people, the right fans, um, you know, if they get into the festival where they meet other comedians that could impact their careers by collaborating with them, uh, inviting them to tour with them in England. Uh, I don't know, uh, but there are so many things that can come out of the Just for Laughs experience, even for someone like a Curtis Connor or a Trey Kennedy or a Nor Noel, Noel Miller, um, um, that they can benefit from. And, uh, I think it also is important for us to acknowledge that what they've achieved and, and add them into series with peers that came about their career differently. Because in my humble opinion, they all deserve to be in the same venue, given the same respect, just because your path is different, or maybe it's expedited dramatically compared to the comedian that's on that seven o'clock compared to the, to your path. You might've done it in two and a half years. Cause you know, you hit, uh, you know, you just were on fire online very quickly. Um, I think it's important for us to represent the world of comedy, you know, 
representing and putting Canadians up at our festival is a priority. Uh, but what's also a priority is representing the globe and representing people coming from all different sides of comedy. It, it was interesting. I was, I was just speaking with Trey Kennedy and he talked about referring to himself as a YouTuber and a Viner and a TikToker and all these things. And somebody came up to him and said, oh, you're a great comedian. And he was like, oh, okay. That's actually the term I prefer. You know what I mean? He never had thought about it uh, himself that way. Um, and there's so many different ways to look at comedy. At what point did JFL really evolve from a stand-up festival to a comedy festival? Well, listen, I think we've always been a comedy festival, but we're mm -hmm. very much focused on stand-up. And for many years, um, you know, Chad, uh, you, know, you know, let's say 15 years ago, we were trying to do a lot of different things. You know, we had theater, uh, we had, you know, dance, you know, comedic dance, of course, but, you know, we're doing all kinds of things. And then we made, I think, a very good decision that we need to focus on our strength and be very clear with the industry, with our audience, who we are. And our biggest strengths was stand-up. So, you know, finding a place for a Curtis Connor, a Trey Kennedy, just in line with what we are inherently here to do. We just need to broaden sometimes and, and increase the amount of content coming from this space because we were always open to it. I just think we made a much bigger effort as these artists are evolving to spectacular heights um, and wanting them to be in part of our, our world-renowned Olympics of comedy. They deserve to be there. So I would say in the last couple of years, and I would also add to that, Chad, that Howie Mandel has had a real influence on us because he vehemently believes in artists, influencers that are good and funny and YouTube stars deserve and should be in our life. They're going to help just for last uh, see a bigger audience by mm -hmm. the fact that they have people watching and listening to them that are not in our core audience. Like when I sat down twice in the last three months to see Curtis Connor, including once where we shot his TV special, we were very, very happy to be given the task of shooting his, his first major TV special in Toronto uh, about six weeks ago. Um, I looked around the room and I said, I don't have that audience. Mm -hmm. We need to have that audience. They're smart. They're loyal. Uh, they have good taste. Um, they love Curtis. So of course we're going to include Curtis in our festivals as much as we can, but also once they step in the door, I hope, we'll be able to keep that fan by giving them a variety of stand-up to expand their interest in stand-up. Because for sure, once they come in, they see their star, Curtis, and then they go, oh, Noel's here. Oh, by the way, so is Anthony Jeselnik. I just heard about him on a podcast. Let me go in there and see him. I think it helps uh, the festival as a whole, and I think it helps all the comedians for them to be in the same, um, in the same neighborhood I think it's good for all. I always think of Jay. I mean, I grew up two hours from Montreal, so it is in, in comedy nerd, comedy fan. So it's ingrained in me, um, JFL. But yeah, when you talk to somebody like Trey from Oklahoma, you know what I mean? He's he's super excited for the opportunity, but it's definitely a new fan base. Um, what do you see as kind of like the next evolution? So uh, always evolving, always moving forward, you know, trying to get these new um 
these new audiences, new platforms. What's kind of the next evolution for JFL? You know what? I, I think, to be honest, I, I hate to give you a, a, a bogus uh, generic answer, but I think we don't know yet. All we're doing is making sure that the people out there are out every day looking for what's new, what's great, what's evolving, and finding a place for it at our festival. Not to be, to, to be in the know as much as we can, not just in Canada and the U.S., but the world. Uh, and to just make sure that we're on top of everything that needs to be presented at our festival. Because we have a variety of ways to represent great comedy. We have a stand-up stage where you can do seven minutes and get off and change your life. You can come in here and do an hour. You can present something on a panel, a pitch. I think you know about that. A little bit, uh, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, congratulations, by the way. Thank um, you. And, and uh, you know, you could be on um, one of our New Faces shows. You could be on our Creators New Faces show where you don't have to be a stand-up, but we'll find a place for you to show the world what you have to offer. Because maybe you're, you're just... <laughs> a showrunner that's going to change the face of television. You know, mm -hmm. you just don't know. We need to, and that's what's so important to us is that if there's greatness out there, we have to evolve to create a platform for it. And, uh, and I think uh, that's something that every day we have to be looking for it. We, we shouldn't, you know, we should be as open-minded as humanly possible to talk to people outside of our bubble and continue to listen and learn about what's out there and and take chances um which is what i think the team is excited to do and and changing lives that's what i always when people are like oh how was your jfl experience I'm like oh it changed my life like going on wow. stand up and pitch is like life-changing and i feel like that's across the board that people take you know in that experience right it's like when that happened, I was like emotional and you know what I mean? I was like, oh, this is going to be a big moment. But I didn't know how big of a moment it actually was. Um, and and I've done a, a showcase more more recently. And I feel like uh, there's a big emphasis right now in JFL to go out and, and do those showcases. I, I don't know how many comedians um, Neil saw in Canada, but I think it was like 700 plus or something. Yeah, like well, that. listen, Neil um, did an amazing job of saying, Absolutely. look, I'm following this legend in the case of Zoe Revenant into this job. And I know what I know, and he's really knows a lot and he's great, but there's stuff I don't know. And there's parts of the country I don't know. And I'm going to go out and introduce myself to every province territory that I can um, and return it, you know, every email and telephone call and DM that he gets to try to uh, see everyone and also then come back and influence us with new thinking because the thing that i said to neil when i was asked to be the last person to interview him was i said i want you to given the fact that you made a living on your decisions you know you didn't your show would sell or wouldn't sell uh, uh you booked someone or you didn't book someone could make a difference in your life um that in a room for us is good you, if you see things we're missing or if you see our approach is wrong or if you see we're not giving certain Canadians the visibility that they deserve, you speak up. I'm hiring you to speak up because if you don't, then you're not doing your job. 
Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and an amazing opportunity for so many great com- com- Canadian comedians to be to be seen by by Neil uh, this past spring. A um, couple more for you. This is just like a fun question I ask everyone. I have never had anybody get this one right. It is it is unique to every person who has an IMDb page. Um, And I've spoke to Steph Tolev recently. Nobody has got it. So my question is, do you know your first credit on IMDb? Um, Would you know that credit? It's probably a British TV show. I think they reported something from England, some just for laughs show on channel four. It is, it is not, it is the Montreal, no. unless it's called the Montreal International no, no. Comedy Fest. And who was on it? I don't know who's on that one, but it was 1994. You know what? I'm going to do it right now and look at it too, because that, <laughs> you could have um, got it right. I might've got it right. You know, there's some strange credits. I wish I could clean them up. I never have enough time or it's so that fun. that's what everybody, everybody says, um, on on the show is you know steph tolev she's uh, just absolutely hilarious and i'm telling her what her first credit was and she's like that needs to go <laughs> all this well yeah uh, was- uh, listen i i i agree but um it's what's annoying about it is i've hired a lot of really smart people over the years and no one can seem to organize it because there's things that are wrong like uh things that i worked on but it's not the title it's the title of the show i didn't work on and then I just at a certain point lose interest in dealing with it. But uh, someday I'll get someone that really can figure it all out. So I have it here. It was uh, it starts Dave Attell, Gord Elliott, uh, Brett Butler, um, and it's the Montreal International Comedy Fest '94. Okay, it's maybe it might be an American show. Um, yeah. So I, I uh, I'm so sad, but I, I probably am not any better than the others here, but. I just, I just, I just think it's such a funny, yeah, it's such a funny thing that, uh, that nobody gets it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sorry. You know what? Oh no, these are thank yous. Let me find it here. Okay. Now I'm I'm there. Okay. So yeah, I got it. What is this? Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's an American show. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not. Uh, you were right. I did not get it right. That is a Showtime show because it's directed by Paul Miller and Paul's a famous American TV director we hired for that show. I don't really remember it, but um, that's for sure an American show. Uh, oh, by the way, the second one, though, is Festival of Fun, which was hosted by Stuart Lee and Richard Herring. And, okay. uh, and uh, so I was one off. Anyway, you, you, it's just wild. It's just like, yeah, it's wild that IMDb seems to be like the industry standard. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's all messed up for everyone. It's very yeah, funny. It is indeed. Um, thanks for humoring me with that, by the way. Um, no my, my final question, as always, this is the Canadian Hall of Fame podcast. You are in the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. Um I'm just kind of like, who do you see? I know you don't know like everybody that's in and everybody that's nominated, uh, but who do you see as like, oh, that's a future Hall of Famer. That's somebody that I would like to see in and maybe not the the big name. We all know the Martin Short, the Jim Carrey, right, the right, O'Hara, right. but like, is there like a name out there where you're like, that person behind the scenes is is a Hall of Famer? I'm sure you have well, a few names. A, but... Yeah, you know what? I That's a very good point. Um, 
Hmm. And it's hard because I don't actually know everyone that has been inducted, to be quite honest. So I don't know the, the full history uh, mm-hmm. of who has been inducted, but that's a good point. And you know, it could be a comedian. It, it could be someone behind the scenes. I mean, like, yeah, like Sandra Fair is nominated this year. Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I have to say that remember Brian Hart? He was a comedian, but also a showrunner and a guy. Okay. That, you do remember Brian Hart? No, I don't. I don't know the. Yeah. yeah, Brian Hart was a really and is probably still. I haven't seen him in a while. A very funny man. Um, I don't think he does stand up anymore, but Brian was a very funny stand up on our shows. But also went off to produce a lot of great television. I'm sure you can check him out on IMDb. But um, you know, he's Canadian. He did great work in the states. He was very successful. He was behind Kids in the Hall. He was a writer on Kids in the Hall for quite a bit. Uh, Mad TV, um, you know, he had a lot of great credits. And uh, I mean, any anyone that had a, an important role, you know, in the many seasons of Kids in the Hall, uh, I think, uh, you know, deserves a certain amount of credit for that for sure. Uh, he was also on the, the first Jon Stewart show um, and piles of um, American TV shows, a lot of stand-up, a lot of sketch. Um, and uh, I always thought he was awesome. And uh, maybe down the road, he will be considered. Awesome. Thank, thanks a lot, Bruce, for, for taking a, a few minutes with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for uh, JFL and everything you've done. Like I said, that pitch changed my life. And uh, yeah, I credit that to you as one of the uh, early founders of JFL. Big thanks to Bruce Hills, Curtis Connor for both coming on the show. That was a, a really fun episode. A big thanks to the fine people at Just for Laughs for setting that all up for me. I have one more Just for Laughs episode to be released uh, later this week. It has uh, Noelle Miller on the show, which is very exciting, and Trey Kennedy, which is also very exciting. Uh, two people who made their names outside of stand-up and are now doing amazing things uh, in the world of stand-up comedy. And of course, they will both be at Just for Laughs as well. Don't forget, CanadianComedyHall.com voting is still open to members. If you want to be a member, it's really easy. It's 25 bucks. You sign up, get a membership, and vote for who you think should be in this year's class of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. That was a really fun episode. Uh, I hope I'm feeling better the next time you hear my voice. For the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast, I'm Chad.